Let's uh, continue with what we were discussing last week. We were talking about how to connect to the Seder, how to relate to what's going on during the, when we say the Haggadah and the, the process of the Seder. And last week we talked about how to relate to Kiddush, which is unique this year that everybody makes, not this year, unique every year, but it's unique on, on Pesach that everybody makes their own Kiddush. Women make their own Kiddush. Children, everybody makes their own Kiddush. You're not yet with anybody else. And we talked about how the Manishtana and the questions is something so unique to Yiddishkeit that there are so many questions and there are so many answers. We're not satisfied with one answer. We, end, we give more and more and more and more depth, more depth. We find so much re, uh, truth in the Torah. <clears throat> now, after you get past Manishtana and Avadim Hayinu, the Haggadah has a lot of saying. You say and you say and you say. Um, and there's a stop for Vihishamda, and there's a stop for Dayenu, and there's a stop for the Ten Makis. But then in between, there's a lot of saying. We quote a lot of Psukim, and then we say the explanations that Chazal offered for those Psukim. And it's always a challenge how to relate to those, and especially probably moving things along. You have young children, you, they you know, want to get to the Matzah. <clears throat> but there's good to understand what's going on and understand the themes because each one of those themes are very, very essential and central to Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim and also very essential and integral to our own lives. There's something that we all can relate to very much. The three themes begin, are, begin with, number one, the development of the children of the Avis uh, into Kal Yisrael, they're developing into the, the Jewish nation. We begin as far back as Terach. We talk about Avram Avinu coming from Terach, and then we talk a little bit about Yaakov and Lavan and how that relationship went down. And then Kal Yisrael coming down to Mitzrayim is just a few people, 70 people, and then developing into a tremendous nation, flourishing in Mitzrayim, becoming powerful, becoming great, and then suffering. And until they came to the point where they had their redemption. And all those components are elements of growth and creation as a nation. And they're also on a micro level. They're all elements of our own personal growth as a person, as people in our lifetime. It's imperative to understand that we would not be the nation we are and we wouldn't be the people we are if any of those components would be missing. We came from Tarach and Avraham Avinu had to stand up to him. He had to stand up for the truth. He had to stand up for his ideals. And he could not bend not to family pressure, not to any other kind of pressure, not to community pressure. The truth had to be the truth. Yaakov Avinu stood up to love and he refused to be swayed by him. He refused to be influenced by his terrible midas and his, ter- his dishonesty. And he held true. And even though he felt he was being cheated and perhaps had every reason to take advantage himself, no, he did not. And then we went down to Mitzrayim, a small group of people, and we developed into a powerful nation. And then we suffered. But all throughout that time, we kept our identity. We held on to our faith. Mitsuyanim sham, we say. They remained clear who they were. They remained clearly identifiable as Jews. And we, cl- we clung to our faith and our amunah, despite all the challenges. Would we have chosen to suffer? Certainly not. No one chooses to suffer. But after the fact, when we see the course of history, we understand that we only became who we are through all the trials and the withstanding and overcoming all those nisyanis. And that's an important piece to internalize when we look back at our own lives and we look at our past struggles and then we, we do often understand what they've done for us. We can't always explain why they happened or we don't know the why, but we can often know the what. We can see what it did for us, how we changed, how we improved, how we became better people, how we grew from it. And that's something that the Haggadah is trying to demonstrate and clarify. <clears throat> the second theme is tefillah, we cried out to Hashem and He answered our tefillahs. And that's the foundation, foundation of Jewish faith. Hashem listens to our tefillahs. As the Pasuk says in Tvarim, There is no other nation. We are unique. Kali Yisrael is unique. We enjoy a closeness to Hashem. Hashem 
always hears our tefillahs on a level that's specific and special about the Jewish nation. And that's also another big theme that the Agada focuses on, how the whole redemption was the catalyst that was necessary. What made it happen was that that power of tefillah. And the third theme that the Haggadah has is Hashgacha Pratis, which really goes straight into the concepts of praise and thanks and Akara Satayf, which is the whole last part of the Haggadah until you get to Shulchan Ayrach. And there's something very important to understand about the concept of Hashgacha Pratis. It's a very, very important Yisoyed to realize. And many people don't realize this, that Hashgacha Pratis is sometimes understood to mean just the greatness of Hashem, how He knows everything and He controls everything and He guides everything, and it certainly is. But that's not the real the point of Hashgacha Pratis. What we need to know about Hashgacha Pratis is that it demonstrates the love that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has for us. That's what Hashgacha Pratis means. Hashgacha Pratis means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us, He cares about us, and He pays attention to us, and He guides everything that happens to us so that it's for the, our best in the, that's in our best interest, that we can grow the greatest we can possibly become. That's what Hashgacha Pratis means. Someone as great as Hashem, someone as, as so, so all-encompassing, the whole universe He created and He controls and is in charge of the whole universe, the whole wide universe, yet knows exactly what's happening to you by your first name, exactly what happens every moment of your life and what is going to happen to you, why it happens to you. That's a tremendous def- uh, demonstration of love and affection and care and attention. That's what Ashkach Pratis really, really means. Shem doesn't leave any aspect of our life to chance. <clears throat> and it's because we're so close to Hashem and we're His chosen nation that we merit such close attention and care. The Hashkach Pratis that Klal Yisrael enjoys is not unequal and unrivaled to any other nation. It's a, it's a, a whole shear for itself to understand the difference of how there's Ashgacha on the nations of the world and Ashgacha on us, but suffice to say with a, a Yid in Klal Yisrael Kaddish Baruch Hu determines every moment of his life what should happen, how it should happen, he's intimately involved. And the Haggadah demonstrates how HaKadosh Baruch Hu was like that and how HaKadosh Baruch Hu knew and understood every aspect of what the Yidin were going through. He saw their pain, he understood their pain, he understood what they're suffering. And he saw to it that all the evil that was perpetrated against them, the people who did it were paid back measure for measure. There wasn't an iota that was forgotten about. There wasn't a single whiplash that wasn't repaid in full as it deserved to be. HaKadosh Baruch Hu cared and he knew and he kept account and he kept counting and nothing was forgotten about and nothing was forgiven. And this is what leads us to Hakara Sataif. This is what leads us to tremendous praise and thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu because we recognize then all the good that we have is given to us personally, gift-wrapped, with our name written on the package, with a, with a gift card. That's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us things. It's not by chance, it's not because He's giving everybody so we get it too. Everything is with Hashgacha Pratis because he cares about us, because he pays attention to us. And that's how the second part, the last part, the third theme of the Haggadah leads straight from how Baruch Hu redeemed us and knew everything that was going on with us to how he repaid the evil to how we thank Baruch Hu for everything that he gives us and everything that he grants us. And it culminates with Hal. Once people get to the Suda, they think the Haggadah is over and no more Sipuritzias Mitzrayim. And the Suda often is the part that uh, the, the woman in the house puts in so much effort in making it so beautiful. And it feels like it's after the Seder. 
but the truth is very far from the truth. Shulchan Aruch is an integral part of the Seder. It's not just a necessity, it's not just a Sudas Yantiv. It's an intrinsic part of the Seder. It plays a role in Sipriyatis Mitzrayim. According to the Mechaber, the ideal is that a person should do Haseba, the whole Suda. It's not so practical, so we don't do it so much. But every part of the Seder is a Chelek of Sipriyatis Mitzrayim. And the Seder begins with Mitzvah's Matzah, and it ends with Afikaimen, and it's not just the bookends, which are part of the Haggadah, it's the whole Shulchan Ayrach is a demonstration of our Cheshivas as, as a nation. When we had a carbon Pesach, it was all a backdrop to eating of carbon Pesach, the way kings eat with a full meal. It was all part of being Mikhaim, who the Mitzvahs that we have that night. And it's a very important to continue the story throughout the meal as well, continue discussing Yitzhiz Misraim. At a leisurely pace. I, I asked the group of boys that I learned with which part of the Seder is their favorite. And to my great surprise, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have been so surprised, but they almost all answered Shulchan Ayach. <laughs> that was their favorite part. And, you know, it's more relaxed and they're able to eat and they don't have to perform and they're not so hungry. And now that I know that, I know that it's a time to be capitalized on. It's a great time to discuss other concepts of Yitzhiya Simitraim, not just directly translating or explaining the words. We can just pure, unstructured discussion, talk about any part of Yitzhiya Simitraim you want. There are stories that could be talked about. There's values we can give over. There's, there's concepts of Yiddishkeit we can give over. Shulchan Ayrich is actually the ideal time to do that, and when perhaps we have the most interest of all. And I want to fin- finish with a beautiful thought that Nitziv says. He says, how is it permitted to be mafsik with our suda, where we have it, because we have hal before and hal afterwards, and usually the halacha is you can't stop in the middle of hal. On a regular, on a regular hal, on yantiv, you start hal, you have to say it till the end. It's like Krishna, you can't just speak out in the middle and you can't just do other things. So why here are we allowed to have our suda in the middle of hal? So he answers that it's coming to teach us that the suda that we're eating tonight on the night of the Seder is lefnei Hashem. It's as if we're eating Pesach during the time of the Beis HaMikdash, and nowadays we eat Matzah and Mar. And the eating itself is as giving as much praise to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as Hal is. HaKadosh Baruch Hu took us from Mitzvah Mitzrayim, and He elevated us to the point where our eating is a Hakravas carbon. Our eating is service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The physical act that we engage in is all part of the beauty and the greatness of what a Jew is all about. And it's a testimony to what Yitzhiya Simtraim did for us, how much it elevated us, how holy it made us. And therefore, Shulchan Aruch is a very essential, integral, and perhaps, in a way, the most important or has the greatest potential of the Seder where we can relate and talk and, and discuss Yitzhiya Simtraim and relate to who we are as Jews more than any other time. Have a uh, good Shabbos and a good week uh, preparing for Pesach and a wonderful Yantav Chakashav Sameach. Have a good night.